This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. My name is Jean-Luc Slagle. I'm the creative director at Scope Studios. We are a digital communications firm that does digital storytelling, and we love listening to the Small Business Podcast because Mike is able to pull from a lot of different places and find people who do different things, but he manages to extract some sort of thread of sound business advice that we can take to heart. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business vision year, I want to take a moment and thank you for watching the Small Business Celebration program. If you're joining us for the first time, you're about to experience why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, small business leaders, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download the Small Business Celebration program in record numbers on a weekly basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this program, internalized and acted upon our guests' valuable insights, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest this week is Dr. Scott Thor, the owner of Cornerstone Coaching. Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Program. Thanks for having me. And for visionaries who don't know you or who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, sure. There's uh, really two things I do. Um, the, the main thing that I want to talk about today that I do is I am a financial coach. So mm. I help people ultimately really behave better with their money. And a second thing I do, a second business I have is focused on helping organizations do what they love to do faster and better. So I'm also a Lean Six Sigma master black belt, which is just kind of a, a fancy way of saying I help uh, organizational leaders and their employees just perform better at what they do and how they serve their customers. And being a Six Sigma black belt is very important. We've had an, a previous guest, Kevin Oliver, who's also a, a Six Sigma master black belt. And this is a very important program to learn from and to participate in and become a student of so that you can teach others. Why is, it, why is this program so important and so useful for business leaders? Yeah, I think that the reason... Um, I'm seeing over the last several years, actually, as I've, I've been doing this for about 20 years, helping organizations. But just in the last few years, what I've what I've really seen is that the main reason to do it is to help your employees smile more at work, to be mm. more engaged in their work. Because the sad truth is that seven out of 10 employees in most organizations, about 70% of Americans, are not engaged in their work. Like they get up in the morning and they'd rather do something else than go to work, which really stinks when you see that or know that we work about two thirds of our adult lives are spent at work. You know, who wants to get up and go somewhere you'd rather not go for two thirds of your adult life, you know, right. not me. Right. Uh, and so process improvement, what I'm seeing in the past few years, how I've kind of shifted my tactics is not just about saving money because most of the folks I work with aren't super excited about saving money but they are motivated to smile more at work, enjoy their work more. And what gets in the way of enjoying work are problems. So process improvement and Lean Six Sigma can just help knock some of those problems out to, to help you smile more at work. 
And one of the things that your coaching does is it also helps business owners and business leaders with their finances. It's one thing we know of Maslow's hierarchy of needs when it comes to our own individual needs. And we know the baseline is our basic you know, air, food, shelter, and then the next level up is being able to commune with people and what kind of security can we get and how can we take care of our basic needs. And when we apply that to business, the first part is being able to make money and the second level is being profitable, which is not necessarily synonymous. And that's one of the things that you do with your coaching service is you have the ability to go through and help business owners rise above that very base level and go from Um, the basics of trying to make sales into profitability. Tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how you go about doing that. Yeah, so the the folks that I tend to work with are small business owners, um, folks just like myself that might be one employee or a few employees, uh, typically pass-through type entities. And what I really help them do is to behave better with their money Mm. and to um, realize that personal finance, business finance in many ways is not so much about the math. Like you don't need really anything above uh, a sixth grade education in mathematics to become wealthy or successful at business, but you've got to act like an adult with, with the money you earn, the money that your business earns. And so what I really focus on is helping people behave better with their money and taking control of their money and having a plan for their money because I find that it's not usually the the money that's the problem for most people's finances, you know, not making enough money, although everybody, you know, could obviously use more income, of course. But the people I work with, that's typically not the issue that they're not making enough money. The problem is that they're just not behaving well with the money that they do make. And and that's where I step in to help them to start develop new habits, new behaviors that lead to getting to keep more of that money. One of the other things that you have also accomplished is you're a Ramsey preferred coach. And this is not something that's normally easy to accomplish, and there's not a lot of people that do it. Why is becoming a Ramsey preferred coach so significant and important to your clients? Yeah, I think it gives... Um, it gives a little bit of credibility. I've, I've obviously got my own debt-free story, but Dave Ramsey, for for your viewers, if they don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's a guy that's been on the radio for over 25 years, and now he's online and he's got a, a video show as well. But he's been giving people financial advice for the last 25 plus years and has about 15 plus million listeners every day on his show. And his approach, he's kind of radical in his approach to personal finances in that he is a firm believer of getting completely out of debt, paying everything off and living a debt-free life. And so so by becoming a Ramsey preferred coach, it just basically means I've gone through some training with his organization and I've I've bought into his principles. I've lived them out myself. So I'm I'm actually living out what I'm actually teaching and helping other people just experience what it means to live that debt-free life, to be free of debt and to have the ability to do what you want to do, not to have to do what you what you have to do, what you're stuck doing because of your bills and being tied down to a job you may not like, a life you may not like, uh, living in a place you may not want to be just because you've got debt to pay. And if visioneers want to get in touch with you and learn more about what you have to offer, how do they do that? 
You know, I'd say the best way to do it is just to call me, you know, because having a conversation. What's your is, phone number, by the way? Is the starting point there. Yeah. So my number is 661-204-9448. And so calling me is probably the best way. You can also go to my website, cornerstonecoachingllc.com. And there you can find my contact info, schedule a, a free Zoom session with me to talk about your situation and just to get to know one another. Are you getting the blue screen of death? Or worse, are you getting a black screen with white gibberish on it? Something that looks like it should be translated by an ancient Egyptian paleontologist? Have no fear. The highly trained staff at Bakersfield Bytes is here to serve you. As Kern County's number one rated computer repair store, your business's computers are in good hands. Need to upgrade your computer? No problem. Need a stronger network? No problem. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 and keep the backbone of your business in tip-top shape. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's bakersfieldbytes.com. We're here with Dr. Scott Thor, the owner of Cornerstone Coaching, and we're talking about being able to manage your money, being able to go from living a life of debt and living a debt-free life, and be able to also extend that to your business so that you go from the treadmill of just trying to make sales to cover the bills, but also to become profitable and be able to achieve the things that you really want to. And this was actually a part of a self-discovery journey yourself. You started off working with Lortz Manufacturing. And why did you choose to stop working for a company like that and go out on your own? Yeah, so I came to Bakersfield from Ohio, from North Canton, Ohio, in 2007, I think it was, that I came out here and was a, a VP for Lord's Manufacturing. And it was like the best of times, but also the worst of times in that the economy was booming. Uh, Lord's was primarily serving um, the oil and gas industry and they were just blowing up. And their leadership team there wanted to develop a, a super strong leadership team, knew they needed that to grow. So I stepped into the picture and was helping them with process improvement. And we had lots of great clients, a lot of business, and we were growing. I think we had about 400 employees at that point in time. And, and then the economy crashed. That was the Great Recession. And all of our customers decided we can do without spending money that we're giving warts for the projects we're working on. We we're primarily working with refineries, and they just decided we can you know, we can duct tape and band-aid our equipment to limp out through this, this recession and spend the cash later. And it was an awesome time because I got to learn a lot about the business aside from process improvement. I was managing cash flow for them and, and got to see, you know, a business from a financial perspective and, and saw the challenge that comes with running a business, especially managing cash flow because cash is king. You've probably heard that before and that you right. can keep you know, a business open and not make any profit and just keep going until you run out of cash. And that's basically what happened to Lortz was they started to run out of cash and run out of places to get cash. And we had to lay lots of people off. So it was a learning opportunity for me to 
to you know give people bad news and work through that process as well because i had i've had i had to let people go in the past before that as a leader in other jobs but finally my number got pulled and we got down to the to the bare minimum staff and and at the time i was thinking about going out on my own i was working on my doctoral degree and i thought you know like my real dream is to just do really what i'm doing today and be my own boss and go out and just help people smile more at work and help people improve their processes and just, you know, the right timing of, you know, being able to do that and, but also ultimately being told to go do it on my own because the business eventually um, uh, ceased to exist after over 60 plus years. So it's kind of a sad situation. A few years after I left, they finally went out of business. One of the things that I've discovered in our conversations that we've had so far is that you go to great lengths to create a very structured plan. And for a lot of for some of us who don't tend to work that way, I'm sure our personalities have been a challenge for you in the growth of your business. And how have you developed your business to deal with people that would much rather be interactive with a lot of other people, like to go ahead and and be very strong and direct and like to play and fun, have fun and almost a, a rabbit and versus Eeyore philosophy going on here. How have you developed the appreciation or the ability to at least tolerate people who aren't nearly as detailed as you are and then help them through the coaching process so they can become successful? Yeah, that's a good question because you're right. Like most people, you know, if they were that detail oriented and that structured in their lives and that organized, they wouldn't be coming to me for help. You know, nobody's <laughs> ever true. come to me and said, you know, Scott, I've got, you know, my budget I've been following for the last five years and I, I need your help, you know you know, getting uh, free of my debt, you know, that never happens. People that come to me are just sloppy in their finances. It's not something that really interests them, although they know they've got to manage their money well in order to survive. And my approach is to basically just simply make it easy. So using technology is one of the things I do with my clients, finding technology how so? to and how easily... And how do you do that? Yes. I'm sorry, this was great because how do you use, are you using technology to be successful in today's COVID environment? Yeah, the, the biggest thing I'm using is is an app called Every Dollar, which is a, a tool to help you budget that comes from Ramsey Solutions. And there's a zillion you know budgeting apps out there. But the reason why I've really latched onto Every Dollar, first of all, it's the one my wife and I use to manage our finances. And it's a simple approach to seeing where your money is going each month, setting up a plan on your computer or on your phone, and then linking it to your bank account. So it's totally secure. It just reads your transactions on your bank account and your credit cards or wherever you're spending your money. You can link multiple accounts up to it. And you can see in your real time, usually within a day or so, like where the money's going so that you can file it into the appropriate categories. So what I do with my clients is one of the behaviors I, I strive for helping them develop, one of the habits I'm helping them develop is creating a monthly budget. But then even more importantly is, is managing that budget because I find creating a budget is not super challenging for most people. They've probably done it in the past, but they've just not stuck to it or seen where that money's going in the Every Dollar app. You can just simply pull out your phone and see as you're walking into the grocery store, for example, oh, I've, I've got $500 in my grocery budget for this month and I've spent $250. Okay, when I go into the grocery store, I know I've got still a cushion of $250 to work with. So one of the reasons why I think so many people don't budget and use a plan is because 
it's hard to do. Like if you use Excel or you write it on a paper, you know, it's just too clumsy and clunky and the harder you make something, uh, the less likely people are to do it, especially when it's something like budgeting, they don't love to do. Like nobody's ever come to me and said, you know, Scott, I love budgeting. It's something I've got super passion for. And, uh, you know, no, I've never heard that. (laughs) I don't have passion for budgeting. It's like, but, but I know budgeting and they know budgeting is key to success. It's not like I have to convince them of that. So finding an app like every dollar that allows you to quickly create a budget and then carry it around in your pocket with you to see where am I at with that budget as you're making transactions, as you're about to make purchasing decisions can sometimes trigger the, our minds to say, no, I, 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 that's not in my budget this month. I can't spend that money. So that's one of the, the ways I'm leveraging technology to really help people to think before they spend and know like, okay, uh, in a way, it's a positive thing, too, because like my wife told me, like when we first started budgeting, she really hated it. But then over time, over a few months, she started to like it because it was actually permission to spend like she like many others, you know, both men and women feel guilty about spending money sometimes each month. But when it's in your budget, you know, you've already agreed to spend that money. And now it's like you've got permission to spend it. So it's less you feel less guilty about spending that money when you've already planned to do it. I'm Ann Hauser, Marketing Director for the Palms at San Lorenzo Senior Living. Hi everyone, it's Jennifer Pitcher, Local Public and Government Affairs Consultant. This is David Collins with Commercial Trade. Hello, my name is Chad Tonko, Founder and CEO of Primaris Market Development. What do these visioneers all have in common? They send us a quick 30 second video with their name, the business with whom they're associated, why they subscribed to the Small Business Celebration Program, and they emailed it to us at sbc at smallbusinesscelebration.com. Their videos all appeared on the Small Business Celebration Program, and yours can too. Simply shoot a quick 30-second video with your name, the business with whom you're associated, why you subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Program, and email it to us at sbc at smallbusinesscelebration.com. Your video could appear on the next Small Business Celebration Program, and we look forward to seeing your video today. We're here with Dr. Scott Thor, the owner of Cornerstone Coaching. And one of the things that you do for fun is you're an avid bicyclist. And in fact, you've been on a team before. And tell us a little bit about why cycling is such a big deal for you and how it helps your business. Yeah, I think cycling for me, it started back in 1998, actually. Back, I lived in Nebraska and went to University of Nebraska for my undergrad. And then I moved to South Dakota. And at that point in my life, I was a lot heavier. I weigh about 180 pounds now today. And back then I weighed about 250. And so I got into cycling actually as a way to lose weight. Mm. And it just kind of like blossomed from there. I started riding my bike more often and the weight came off. And I really, I'm a super competitor. I like the win. And so I got into racing and started to race with a team. I moved to Ohio eventually and and lived there for about six years before I came here to Bakersfield and just loved the camaraderie and being around, you know, other people that were just passionate about the sport. And the other great thing about cycling, I think, is it's, it allows you to get away from all the challenges and complexity of life and just get out and feel the wind in your hair and just, you know, be thinking about, you know, 
your life and the road in front of you, hopefully, and the traffic around you here in Bakersfield, you got to keep an eye out for that too. But, but it's, it's, you know, it's physically, it's obviously a bonus, but mentally it's just amazing how it's just a great way to get away from, you know, all the challenges of your life and just kind of just focus on whatever it is you want to focus on. So, and being on a bicycle team, is important because there's a very much a strategy involved in bicycle racing and who's drafting and who's in the lead and who who takes the lead and who drops back and so how you can strategize and plan so that the team wins in, instead of an individual cyclist wins and how have you learned the strategies or used the strategies of a team sport like cycling to help other businesses and business owners with their businesses. Yeah, it very much is like people. I think most of the time, if you ever see cycling on TV, most people don't watch cycling on TV, but, uh, but for those of us that do, or if you ever happen to catch a glimpse of some cycling on TV, you wouldn't realize it unless you, unless someone told you or the commentators mentioned it, that it's actually a team sport because it doesn't, you kind of look at like a bunch of, you know, men or women on bicycles. How are they, working together as a team. They're all each pedaling their own bicycle, which is true, obviously. And it's the same in business. Every individual in a business is, you know, pedaling or doing their own particular work, but together they have a plan of working together to accomplish a goal of, of winning. And in cycling, you're working together as a team. You may have one or two leaders on that team that you're working for, just like in a business that might be the case. In a business, you're really working for your customer who's ultimately gonna win. And, but you've got to work together as a plan because if everybody's trying to win, if everybody's trying to be the first one across the finish line, it doesn't work. You know, you're going to get beat every single time in cycling. If you've got a team like in the Tour de France, you've got teams of nine. If you have all nine team members trying to win the Tour de France, you'll never win because you've got all these other teams competing against you and nine individuals are not as strong as nine individuals working together. And it's kind of the same in business. You've got to have a common goal for who you're ultimately trying to win for, which ultimately should be your customer, your shareholders, and, and the employees in, in a sense too. And recognizing each individual person's role in winning. Because in cycling, just like in business, you've got some people who are in IT, some people who are in accounting, some people who are in marketing and finance, wherever they're working, they all have to work together to ultimately win. And it's kind of the same way with cycling. You've got some guys that are great at going uphill and some guys are great at going fast on the flats and some guys that are just kind of all rounders and knowing your strengths is, is how you win in cycling. And it's kind of the same way in business is knowing like, what are you really good at? That's what you should be focusing on. Don't focus on, you know, your weaknesses. If you really stink at climbing mountains, you're not going to focus on getting better at that. You know, you're just genetically, you know, too big to go uphill fast. You might be better in the flats, you know, so it's the same way in business. You got to figure out what you're really good at and then leverage that strength and find someone else who can leverage their strength, which could be your weakness. One of the things that you have done very well through this economic recession and beforehand is being able to have your business online and your business to be able to communicate with others online. And for an individual like yourself who's very detail-oriented, that's kind of a challenge because there's a big space between you and the other person. 
And inviting that other person to be able to relate to what you're talking about is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. And you can't exactly have a big dry erase board in the background and in this little square trying to explain to your clients how they should be doing their business. How have you been leveraging and using Zoom and other platforms to great success prior to the the, prior to COVID-19, and then what, how you're applying that to what we're doing now. Yeah, so what I've noticed with my business, it's pretty much been uh, uh, mostly an online business. My, my process improvement stuff has been more face-to-face, so that's struggled a little bit there. But um, with my financial coaching business, though, that's always been an online business. And I just found right from the start that people were more likely in the beginning when I first started, I asked them, you know, do you want to meet in person? Do you want to, you know, do this over a video conference or a combination of the two? And I would say 99% said, I want to do it via zoom, you know, even before all this COVID stuff came along. So the, the pandemic hasn't really impacted my financial coaching business at all in that I've already been doing this virtually, but you're right. There is a challenge. Like if you want to sketch things out. And so it takes a lot more time to actually develop some visuals, you know, whether it's through PowerPoint and the whiteboarding tools and other tools that Zoom or other uh, video conferencing tools have available to you. And uh, it takes just a lot more preparation, honestly, is what it, what it comes down to. And, and being able to <clears throat> share with my clients, you know, what I think they need to be doing and, and understanding their story can be, can be a little bit more challenging when you're doing it via video conference. But um, it hasn't really impacted me at all in that in that respect. We've been meeting face to, or online, face to face since the beginning of my my coaching business, and uh, it really hasn't been much of a transition at all. In fact, it's it's uh, been really helpful uh, for my clients because they want to be able to talk and get advice quickly and help you know develop a plan, manage that plan, and then when they're done, they don't want to get in their car and drive home or have to deal with travel or getting babysitters. So it's one of those things that I'm often working with folks after hours. And uh, it's really interesting. Now I'm having conversations with people and their kids are running around the background screaming and yelling, you know, (laughs) so it's, it's been a bit of a challenge, but I understand that I got two little girls myself, so I can understand their challenges. So it's, it's, uh, I'm thinking after this, this pandemic passes, I think we're going to see a lot more small businesses using Zoom and realizing, hey, this is actually a pretty effective way to, to communicate, although there is something, you know, still lost and not physically being one next to one another. But for some businesses like mine, that's not really all that important. I don't need to really hug, you know, my clients or give them handshakes. I can do that kind of stuff virtually. And, um, but it's, uh, I think it's, it hasn't. It hasn't honestly really had much of an impact on my on my coaching business. But you bring up something that's very important and very key in all this, and it's about connections. And this is something that you learned the hard way, and you have benefited. Your business has benefited because of this in the situation that we're in now, because of the connections you made prior to COVID nineteen. And how did you learn this lesson of making connections? Yeah, so I learned this lesson back in, I think it was it was after I left Lortz, I started to do the process improvement uh, coaching and consulting, working with another organization where I was a subcontractor. And so they were basically feeding me all the work. I was doing a lot of work, uh, still doing some work with Chevron, a lot of big oil and gas companies, a lot of big Fortune 500 companies. And 
in a way, it's kind of the easiest way to get into consulting or coaching is to find someone else to do all the marketing and all of the advertising and find the clients, right? Like that's do the all the work, part, right? That, yeah, do all the work and then just give it to you and they take their little piece of it and then you get a part of it. So that's what I was doing once I left Lords. I started, you know, consulting and coaching folks and loving that, helping people smile more at work, fixing problems. And, and then I thought, you know, I want to take this to the next level and, and branch off and do this kind of in a more general um, business coaching perspective, not just process improvement, but helping people get more for their, from their businesses. So I found, um, actually had a guy when I was working at Lords come to Lords and visit us who was uh, presenting the entrepreneurial operating system. He was uh, some, something they call an, an integrator, someone who, or an implementer, excuse me, who comes to businesses and helps them implement this EOS, this entrepreneurial operating system, which is basically 20 simple tools to help you get more from your business. And I remembered that guy coming to our, coming to Lords and sharing that with us and thinking, you know, that's really what I'm looking for. You know, somebody, uh, Gino Wickman is the guy that developed it. He lives in Detroit, Michigan. And I thought, you know, somebody's already pre-developed this. I know all these tools. I've used a lot of them. And so my goal was to take EOS to the businesses of Bakersfield, thinking, wow, there's, you know, thousands of small businesses in Bakersfield, right? And my mistake was that I didn't have those connections. I just thought by getting the training from Gino and knowing the process and the system and having that down pat and having used a lot of those tools um, in my own businesses, that it would just be a success. I'd send out these books. I sent out a couple hundred hardcover books, you know, of the entrepreneurial operating system. And I just expected people to be, you know, calling me up and saying, Hey, Scott, come over. We've got problems that we need solved. And we're going to give you a bunch of money to help us solve those problems, you know, and it didn't happen. I didn't hear from anybody, nothing, you know, and that was a big, on advertising. and that was a big expense. Yeah, sending out yeah, all I those spend, hard So it, it wasn't just an emotional hit. It was a financial one as well. Yeah, exactly. It was super expensive to do all that and the time it took to do it. And what I really realized was that part of the failure was obviously the connections, but part of the failure was due to my success in my process improvement business. I was having so much success there and I was super busy there that I was just kind of dabbling with this business coaching, this EOS stuff on the side, thinking like just, you know, putting a few hours into that every week would turn into, you know, you know, this super successful coaching business when in fact, um, that's obviously not the case. So that was a good business lesson to learn that, you know, you're going to get out what you put in, but more importantly, it's about the connection. So what I've learned over the time since that, that took place about 10 years ago is that it's about relationships. So now every time um, I'm meeting people, I'm trying to, to get to know them better because they're connected to other people who are connected to other people and really kind of focusing on building relationships to help eventually, you know, grow the business is ultimately what I'm finding is, is the key to success. That's how I've had success with my process improvement business now where I'm primarily focusing on clients here in Bakersfield and my financial coaching business, which is uh, anywhere, you know, in the world that wants my help, but it's all about relationships and developing those relationships and making those connections that will lead to success, not advertising on Facebook and Instagram and sending out books, like all that stuff can help, of course, but it's, you're, that's not, um, at least from my experience, the ROI I've seen on that is very, very, very low. What is one thing that Vision Your Nation can do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Uh, I mean, one thing they can do is to really understand, 
you know, where you want to go and why you want to get there. Like what, um, this is something that Simon Sinek talks about in his books, books start with why, you know, like, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, what is your passion? Uh, and, and really understanding what that is and then developing a plan to get there. And probably the biggest thing I would suggest is focusing on less so you can get more. Cause that's one of the most common things I see with not only with individuals and their personal finances, but with business owners, the most common challenge or most common problem I, I run into with business leaders is that they're trying to do too many things. They're trying to do, you know, 50 things when in reality, uh, one of the things I learned from the entrepreneurial operating system that I apply to my businesses today is that you can only really do about four to seven, you know, big things every, you know, three to four months. So really focusing on like, what, what is my long range plan? Where do I want to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? And then rolling all the way back to the the next 90 days and just managing that 90 day period. That's one of the thing that, one of the things that um, I do with my businesses and even my personal life is, I set a plan for the long term, but then I forget about that plan and just focus on the next 90 days, which is something that, you know, everybody can probably relate to. If you go to the gym, for example, well, you can't go to the gym right now, but when you used <laughs> to be able to go to the gym, um, back on the first week of January, you know, the place will be packed. Like I noticed this when I went to my AT&T store to get my phone worked on, there's a gym right next door to it. And in January, the place was like packed. The parking lot was full. People were parking out in the streets everywhere. And then I went back there to get a new phone. I think it was about March or so. And the, there was nobody was there. The place was totally empty. You know, and it's like there's there's just something about 90 days or so is about the sweet spot that we can really stay focused on any one particular thing. So my advice would be figure out where you want to go in the long term and then roll that all the way back to what do you need to be doing in the next 90 days to get to that that long term um, goal and then pour all your energy into that the next 90 days, but don't overcomplicate it. Don't try to take on more than maybe four, four to seven things I find is the kind of the sweet spot. Dr. Thor, thank you very much for being here on the Small Business Celebration podcast and Small Business Celebration Vcast and sharing your wisdom and your thoughts and your truth. And we thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Are you getting the blue screen of Death? Or worse, are you getting a black screen with white gibberish on it? Something that looks like it should be translated by an ancient Egyptian paleontologist? Have no fear. The highly trained staff at Bakersfield Bytes is here to serve you. As Kern County's number one rated computer repair store, your business's computers are in good hands. Need to upgrade your computer? No problem. Need a stronger network? No problem. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 and keep the backbone of your business in tip-top shape. Call Bakersfield Bytes at 661-496-5900 or at bakersfieldbytes.com. That's Bakersfield, B-Y-T-E-S, dot com. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision, a visionary is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visionary is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visionary gives value first because visionaries are in business for the long haul. Visionaries understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visionaries define their destiny. Visionaries create their own luck. Visionaries surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. 
Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.